This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. It's a beautiful morning. It is a beautiful morning somewhere, but not in Jackson, Mississippi. It's overcast, rainy, and kind of yucky outside. Good morning, Joe Sherman. How are you? I'm great, Malcolm. How are you? How are you doing this morning? I'm well. Thank you so much for uh, subbing again today. You were here for me last week, and you're here for Carol today. And we thank you, and we were just wondering if you wanted to go ahead and get on the payroll. I'll send you my Social Security number. <laughs> Java can work it through the system. Okay. Well, have you had a good week? Had a great week. Had a great week. We're spent the weekend in the Foley Orange Beach area at soccer tournaments for the two grandchildren. Oh, boy. And uh, had the opportunity to eat at two great restaurants. Uh, we ate at the Villaggio at the Wharf at Orange Beach. And they have great pasta bolognese, great uh, carpaccio. And I had uh, a tuna dish that's one of their signature dishes. And then, uh, then we had the opportunity to eat at the Tin Top in Bon Secure, uh, Alabama. Oh, it's a, I don't it, know the place. It's a great place. Right there, you know, Bon Secure is where all the seafood and right, all the oysters right, are. Right. And uh, we had uh, soft-shell crab that were phenomenal. And it is the season for the soft-shell. It was unbelievable. And we also shared a Reuben sandwich, which was phenomenal. So wow. I would highly recommend it. It's both of them? Both of them. All of them. Good for you. Eating your way across Alabama. That's right. So I posted it on Facebook, and Tim Pierce, one of our... Uh, avid listeners and, and uh, posts on uh, Cooking and Coping sends me a text said, you're eating at all the great places. <laughs> That's right. Don't you love the confirmation that you're that, doing look, the right If thing. Tim says it's right, it's right. <laughs> well, that is great. That is great. So <clears throat> I had a great uh, soup dropped off at my doorstep uh, the day before yesterday. Frank and Ivy Alley made mm-hmm. a wonderful <clears throat> caramelized cauliflower soup. Mm-hmm. And Man. dropped it at the front door, knowing that I had been a little uh, ill on the uh, under the weather side, and with a beautiful French pistolet. And, oh, and wow. that was, you know, I, I talked a few weeks ago about soup as a restorative right. comfort food, and and I guess uh, the alleys were listening. But thank you so much, Frank and Ivy, and I'm, I got to get the recipe for the caramelized cauliflower. Sounds delicious. Creamed soup that was outrageous. Also, uh, Leanne. Galt and I joined the great Thomas Williams for brunch uh, at Elvie's on Sunday, and we had a terrific meal uh, there. Uh, I guess that was as close as to, to Carol's wedding as I'm going to get since I was uh, in a small car accident uh, Friday morning uh, on my way to Carol and John's wedding. So uh, we, we did not make it. Uh, we oh. had to deal with the minutiae oh, involved. Oh, no, Everybody was safe. All right. Everybody's safe and all is well. Well, speaking now, of Thomas ahead. Williams, I had lunch with him on Thursday. You had lunch with him. I had brunch <laughs> with him. He sends me a he, text. He said, uh, he, he calls me. I see this. He says, Thomas, I said, wait, I know him. So we talked and we met and we ate at um, uh, Manship. Had so a great meal. Did you have any Lebanese food? No, we didn't have any, but we talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, yesterday... You weren't there. You, right. You, you missed this I beautiful reception. But uh, Janet Wagner hosted a fabulous uh, cocktail hour yesterday afternoon at her home in Madison. And I'm going to bring in our special guest, Charlotte Duck Pelton, who's sitting next to you. And I'm going to get Charlotte to help me describe this spread <laughs> that Janet put on for us yesterday. And I'm going to start with the Hush Puppies, which were... Crawfish tail 
and uh, okra hush puppies with comeback sauce. That was, for me, the star of the table. How about you? That, that was a star. Um, but we had been on a hunt for tamales, and we hadn't had any yet. So the idea that we could have some hot tamales, we made a beeline to the hot tamales. Yeah, they were beef hot tamales from um, uh, Kessler Prime. Oh. Is where they'd gotten them. They were they were delicious, and they had. She had this beautiful uh, barbecue sauce made with uh, Smith County watermelons. Really, and, and I was blessed to walk away with a. So was a, I. You got a jar too. I got a big jar, old jar of it. Wow. Have you ever had no a never. barbecue sauce made from watermelons? No, I haven't. Now, Amanda, you were there as well, uh, so I don't want to leave you out of this. What was your favorite? Uh, item on the on the spread well i was definitely going to mention the barbecue sauce <laughs> with All the right. watermelon that was a high point and i had never had an onion dip did you try her onion, onion dip? dip was crazy Creamy, good. light oh, it was cheesy if, it was terrific <laughs> she should have rescheduled it i was supposed to be there <clears throat> i was tra- traveling back i was traveling back home <laughs> and there was a, a cake that was really good an orange cake um, no was it orange yeah it looked like orange to me. strawberry it was strawberry oh, it was strawberry <laughs> Uh, and, uh, there were, and there were homemade uh, pedophores that Ooh. were quite tasty. I love pedophores. But it was a great spread, and we want to shout out to Janet Wagner for hosting that event and making our out-of-town guests uh, feel welcome and uh, socializing there uh, at her home. Man, what a character she is, huh? <laughs> she is yeah. a character. She really is. You know, it's so fun to me, and I really want to say thank you to she and her husband, for uh, hosting us. It was so special. This has been a journey, you know, long in the planning, but also to see Leanne, meet Leanne and hug her neck, (laughs) um, to meet, uh, to see you and to meet Kara and uh, also Sue, who uh, is delightful too. So some of the core folks who regularly post on uh, Cooking and Coping were there and it was incredible. So, you know, it's a beautiful thing, our coping, our Cooking and Coping uh, Facebook page because it brings people together virtually and uh, on occasion like yesterday uh, Charlotte and Amanda were able to put names with faces, uh, recipes with faces, people with their their cooking enthusiasm and how about that freezer space that uh, (laughs) that Janet has in her garage? You know it reminded me of Amanda's grandmother, Armenian grandmother. You could go into this woman's freezer in her garage and if you wanted to cook a meal everything was in there and janet i mean she does volume of stuff what an incredibly generous woman her food is amazing but also just the sheer amount of it is was mind-boggling it's unbelievable uh and and she has all sorts of drawers full of knickknacks for the neighborhood children and freezer full of items i mean she puts things up in jars and cans and Anyway, quite a character and uh, quite a, a beautiful soul. Janet Wagner, we thank you for hosting that event yesterday and also for continuing to participate on Cooking and Coping. Joe, have you seen anything on Cooking and Coping this week that, uh, well, that I saw, tickled your fancy? Well, I saw Charlotte's uh, banh mi sandwich, and I was asking her to bring me one. She said we're hard to, they were hard to replicate in a hotel room, so oh, I'm expecting okay. one in the mail. Now, tell I me thought, about that sandwich. Actually, it was a bow. A bow. A bow. It was duck. I, I gave up meat for Lent, but I'm eating poultry and seafood. Oh. And I have been, oh, my gosh, I need a piece of meat. So <laughs> I decided that duck would substitute, and so I made uh, some duck bow. 
and I didn't bring them because it was impossible. That's but okay. I have the you. recipe for you. Okay, and See? it's in my car. I still won. I will <laughs> That's be, right. I will be. We'll bring it out That's of the right. glove box on our way out of town. <laughs> Thank you. That's Thank right. you very much. Now, y'all had donuts last uh, yes. uh, Monday. Uh, we, we, I, I noticed Java. There are no donuts. Well, on it was table. a continuation of the Boston cream pie discussion, ah, and yes. so I brought in the Dunkin' Donuts Boston cream donut, and. Uh, it's like the number two donut, probably behind the glazed. And I don't know if Java liked it or not, but I, that was no, my I'm favorite. I'm smiling over there. I, was, I can see why it was the number two uh, donut, right behind the classic. It, it, it was my, <laughs> it's my, it was my favorite when I <clears throat> first took, got into the Dunkin' Donuts business. It's like it's filled with a Bavarian cream, very much like what you'd fill a uh, cream puff or profiterole with. Now, is very there an good. Easter donut? Is there like a Peeps donut? No. Uh, no. Oh, wow. One time we that's did. Gotta, that's probably, that's probably time, somewhere. Yeah, we did. Now, look, about three years ago, we had one that they put a Peeps uh, bunny or uh-huh. chicken on it, and it just did okay. okay. It, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, it wasn't you know, a home no, run. Not really. Not at all. Not, hmm. not too much. So, But we have an interesting donut up coming up uh, in this next uh, marketing window that I'll be able to talk about later that'll that's really geared to the South. Now, I've noticed that we've got a list here of national food holidays okay. uh, coming up. On April the 11th, it is National Cheese Fondue Day. Did so you know that? That's no? today. No, I didn't. You didn't I, know that. I, didn't so know that. I don't see any cheese fondue. Uh, well, well, but, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, National Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day, and I know my granddaughter, Wren, would love to know that. I made her a grilled cheese actually yesterday. Did you? She what kind of cheese it. did you use? I used that three-cheese Mexican okay, blend, they sure. call it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I made some Quite with the uh, Mississippi State cheddar. Eat them. Eat, no, they not eat, eat them. The cheddar. Oh, I didn't the use cheddar. that. The cheddar. Oh. It's phenomenal. Real bold, strong. T- it's great. Wonderful. National Peach Cobbler Day is coming up on April the 13th. I love mm-hmm. a peach cobbler. Well, I got to ask y'all something about the peach cobbler because I saw it on social media. It's a thing. It's like it says peach cobbler would be better with less fruit and more crust. Or are you a fruit guy and and little thin crust? Because I think I, I go on the side of I want some more of that crust. <laughs> I like, I'm a crust guy too. I yeah. like that cinnamon, gooey, yeah, there you chewy. Go. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't quite done. And so you just raw. want the peaches to just be uh, kind of flavor it. That's all. <laughs> just to be be in the crowd, but not dominate. That's right. That's right. Charlotte, how do you feel about peach cobbler? I love peach cobbler. You know, I'm a southern gal. I, how could you not? Um, and uh, I'm a crust person, too. You know, you that go. crunchy, golden, brown, delicious. Yeah. Amanda? Amanda? Well, yeah, it's all about the butter and the peach <laughs> cobbler. So. I, like, I like the peaches. Okay. You, you, you know, you got to have one dissenter. It's four to one. We That's right. Unusual. <clears throat> all right. April 14th, National Pecan Day or Pecan Day, depending on where you live. Hmm. How you feel about that, Joe? Love pecans, pecans. I, I love them. I love them uh, uh, roasted with a little salt and you love know, them butter. Roasted. Mm. Excellent. And then once you roast them, you can use them in so many ways: right. salads, desserts, exactly as a just a uh, unordered. Exactly. It's in fact, wonderful. I think Janet had some roasted pecans somewhere on one of those tables mm-hmm. yesterday. Now here is a an Easter, uh, an Easter esque National Food Day. <laughs> Glazed Spiral Ham Day is April 15. You're looking perplexed over there, Joe. Well, they just, you know. Uh, they, Who knew it had its own day? I really. I guess they just, maybe they picked that day because it's two days before Easter. They're looking, <laughs> they're, they're grasping at ham. That's right. right. Okay, I have to comment on that. 
It's hard to buy a ham that isn't spiral cut, and that makes me angry because I grew up where, you know, with a sharp knife, mm-hmm. you sliced it super thin, and the spiral cut, it's you thick. can't do that. That's it's right. too thick. So I'm yep. just going to say that. Yeah, it, it's a convenience thing, and uh, it's hard to find, as you say, it's hard to find a ham that has not been spiral cut. So, looks like Carol had one at her wedding, though. Well, unfortunately, I was standing on the side of the road waiting for <laughs> oh, the insurance company sorry. to bring a tow truck over. I wasn't there either. Sorry. And finally, April the 16th, Joe, is Ooh. National Eggs Benedict Day. That's That sounds great to me. They're moving closer and closer to Easter. That's right. I love Eggs Benedict. I like it. Variations of like. I never had Eggs Benedict. Never had it. Well, we'll have to fix that. You never marched in the house St. Patty's Day, and that happened until a week or so ago. <laughs> See there, <laughs> so I get it's Benedict short yeah. order. It'll be coming up. It'll be <laughs> coming good. up. Hey, good. All right, we're going to take a break. When <clears throat> we come back, we'll continue to talk about Easter and Easter traditions, holidays. What's on your plate? What's on your table? Our guest uh, Amanda and her mom Charlotte Duck Pelton are staying with us all the way through. In the next segment, we're going to get into why they're here. What brought them to Mississippi? Look forward to that. And we'd be happy to have you enter the conversation. All you have to do, and it is toll-free, is <laughs> dial the phone, one 672 7464 Or if you just want to shoot us an email, that's cool, too. Food at mpbonline.org. We'll all be right back with more Deep South Dining. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. You're tuned to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White with Joe Sherman. In the studio today, you are tuned to a show that is all about the culture of Southern flavor. And if you thought you were listening to a show about animals, that might come later. (laughs) Not today. (laughs) Only unless you're going to eat them. (laughs) All right. So, Joe, there was was a Southern living piece out there uh, that talked about the most iconic dishes in every Southern state. I'm going to see if you can guess any of these. Let's start with Tennessee. What would you say that Southern Living would have as Tennessee's most iconic dish? Besides bourbon? Barbecue. <laughs> <clears throat> you would think. They, they list Nash, Nashville hot chicken, which I think is a newcomer. Uh, is, yeah. it, is it, is it uh, germane to just Nashville? I think it is, quite frankly. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, we're going to disagree so with Southern right. Living well, here. Well, so. uh, us one, Southern Living zero. Zero. <laughs> Louisiana. Gumbo. You got it, Hoss. Wouldn't right. you just know it? Mm-hmm. Alabama. Going back to barbecue. Barbecue chicken with white sauce. Never had white sauce. Never had white sauce? My, Malcolm white sauce, but not white sauce. I've had white sauce. And? I've made it. It's You've good. made it. It's mayonnaise-based, but Correct. it tastes like barbecue sauce. Really? It's amazing. Well, if, if watermelons can taste like barbecue sauce, I'm sure Why can't mayonnaise. mayonnaise. <laughs> right. Why not? And then you'd have to argue about Duke's mayonnaise or Hellman's. You know, we argue this all the time. The the mayonnaise rabbit hole. (laughs) That's right. And there's no way out. But a white barbecue sauce is good. It's a a great dip for more than just barbecue. Okay. And finally. It's my French fries. (laughs) 
Mayonnaise is your your dip. Uh, no, the white barbecue sauce is what I've been dipping my French fries in. Lately. Really? And where did you get it? The sauce. Um, Carol. Carol <laughs> gave it to me. There you go. And finally, Joe. Mississippi. Catfish. Catfish. Catfish, catfish? Catfish, catfish, or comeback sauce. <laughs> Fried catfish Fried is what catfish. they say. Okay. You know, they're close. I mean, what do you think it is? Being the restaurateur extraordinaire. <clears throat> I'd say that marketing-wise, fried catfish is probably it. So what's Come, number two then? Comeback. I think oh, that, okay. Yeah, comeback I, sauce. I think comeback. You know? Yeah. You know, I think we probably wouldn't – catfish probably wouldn't be number one if we didn't have so many – If we weren't a farm exa- economy. Exactly. Exactly. We're a farm economy. Exactly. So, exactly. There you have it. All right. So in the studio with us, you've been hearing from these ladies all morning. Uh, they joined us early. But I want um, – Charlotte to come on the air now and tell us about this trip that brought her and her daughter Amanda to Mississippi and what this is all about. Charlotte? Well, uh, we've been planning this trip, as I told you guys earlier. We've been talking about this trip for a couple of years, and then, of course, COVID happened, and that put a kibosh on that. So we put it off, we put it off, we put it off, and finally, I realized, wait a minute, you know, we, we can't keep putting this off. So we started making plans, and last summer, I think it was May, I went to my one-year delayed 50th high school class <laughs> reunion, and I hmm. connected with Carol. And Carol and I went to the same high school. We graduated the same year, and we'd seen each other off and on at reunions over the years. But we... Um, we really connected there, and I had always admired her entrepreneurial spirit and her food-focused life and, uh, you know, work. And we started talking, and I got familiar with Deep South Dining. Um, I got familiar with the cooking and coping, and that really changed this trip completely because it suddenly—this has been a mother-daughter journey for me to share my culture with my daughter— in ways that I hadn't had a chance to before, uh, to share food traditions, but to share the places I grew up going to, the restaurants I ate in, um, the family, the culture, and all that. And it really took on a life of its own that could not have happened had it not been for Carol and for you guys. It literally, we went to Mr. D's. We wouldn't have even known about Mr. D's. Right. So everything suddenly became, as I'm listening to <laughs> back um, programs of this, making copious notes of all the places that we needed to go to eat. We've made some, we have not made others, but that's really was the impetus for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be invited to be here was like the highlight of my <laughs> life to be able to partake in this and to see you guys in person. As I said, I could, I could walk in a room and uh, with my eyes closed, and I'd know Java, I'd know Joe, I'd, of course I'd know Carol, and I'd know Malcolm by voice. <laughs> so you grew up in Mississippi, I did. obviously. I, yep, I was born in Vicksburg. My dad was in the oil business. He was a wildcatter, but we moved to Jackson when I was three. I went all the way through the school system here, uh, went to Hattiesburg for college, and then mm-hmm. moved to Memphis, and then from Memphis to Miami. So I really lost mm-hmm. that connection. Wow that this show brought me back to cool, and pulled me back in. So, Amanda, you were born in Florida, is that right? You were I was. F- I was born in Miami. My, okay. And uh, you grew up there, and I'm sure you had visited Mississippi before, oh, right? Oh, yes. Every summer. I used to come to summer camp here and visit my cousins and my aunt, yep, and my grandmother in Jackson. But you'd never taken this deep dive into the culinary, cultural kind of... No, 
you Family know, thing. It, we cooked and ate a lot together, but and we would go, you know, eat catfish, of course, and all that. But I never really got to know some of the other Southern traditions and some of these places um, before this trip. Now you're a visual artist, right? I uh, do. No, uh, uh, you're a fabric fabric artist. Yes, I do fiber arts. And fiber. That's, that's the word I was I was working true. for. And you you work with. Uh, with materials, with dyes, you make clothing, you design. Wow. And, and you told me something yesterday that was very fascinating to me, that you're growing your own cotton in <laughs> Maine. You I, live in Maine, and you're growing really? cotton. I do, uh, yes. And I, I'm very excited to say this is my first year of trying to grow cotton, and my husband sent me a picture yesterday of my Arkansas green lint cotton seeds that just germinated like two days ago. So I was really excited about that. And I've also, I'm trying to grow a variety called Mississippi brown cotton, which is a color grown cotton that was actually from a plantation in Natchez that a man named Joe, I'll have to remember his last name. There's a man in Tennessee who has been very instrumental in finding and preserving a lot of heirloom seed varieties. Um, vegetables and flowers and um, and fiber, these cotton seeds. Mm. So I'm really excited about that. And it, it's an experiment, of course. I haven't grown this before, and uh, the growing season in Maine is very short. So <laughs> we need, you know, the cotton will need some extra love and help, and we, of course, started it inside, so we'll see. Amanda, I know this is not a, a, a fabric show, but what is your take on the rise of bamboo being used in clothing? Oh, bamboo, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I really like a lot of the <clears throat> the um, cellulose fibers. They're great. They take dye. I work with natural dyes. Uh-huh. They take dye beautifully. You know, wool and silk, of course, too, and cotton. Um, but it's lovely. It has a beautiful drape, and it's, it makes a lovely fabric. So uh-huh. I'm a weaver, so I really okay. appreciate that. And Joe's a fashion guy. He, <laughs> he's, he teaches. Or, do you still well, have your I, class? I, your marketing? I've turned in my teacher's certificate. I taught oh, for three boy. years. I taught fashion merchandising at Ole Miss at night for three years. Oh, wow. One night a week. Uh, averaged about 44 students a semester and had a great time. So, uh, and his family, they, they're in the clothing right, business. Exactly. My cousin George Sherman has a store in Starkville, Mississippi. And, uh, you know, there's a company in New, out of New Orleans, Task, that does uh, all bamboo T-shirts, hmm. uh, loungewear, uh, undergarments, etc. Wow. That's really, really cool. Amanda may be calling you for some marketing advice. Okay. Oh. <laughs> well, he's the man. Uh, so, Charlotte, where are we on the trip? So, the, the daughter, the mother-daughter trip, tell us where you've been, where you're going. It'd be okay. interesting to our listeners, I'm sure, right. to sort of follow where you are. Well, we long-hauled it the first day to Defuniac Springs, which is uh, just on I-10. We oh, were wow. it's just a place to spend the night. We went into Vicksburg, I mean, into um, the Gulf Coast the next day. Mm-hmm. We had lunch at Mary Mahoney's with my high school best friend. Shout out to Tracy Morris, whose father uh, actually built and opened this Mississippi Public Radio. Was back. the first executive director. He was the right? first executive director years ago, and uh, so she was my high school BFF. We had lunch with her. Then we drove to New Orleans because even though it's not Mississippi, you know. And uh, a high school friend, Sam Malvaney, got us a great shotgun house right at the end of Bourbon where it turns. So we were right in the French Quarter. (laughs) We stayed there. We did Antoine's. You know, we didn't do beignets, although we took pictures. We had uh, some great crepes at the Mm. French Market. Um, So we did that for a couple of days, wandered around the French Quarter, got our steps in. And then we left, and we drove up to Natchez. Well, we drove up past Natchez to Lorman, where we 
stopped at Mr. D's, had some fried chicken. <laughs> yes. We then drove up to Port Gibson because, you know, the Got famous it, right? church the with steeple. the gold mm-hmm. uh, finger pointing to heaven. We did that. Then we went back down to the to Emerald Mounds to the Indian uh, ceremonial mound, the second largest in the country. We did that. And then we went on back into Natchez, stayed in the old Victorian home of another high school friend, Missy Hester, where we then went that night to the kitchen. Do y'all know that? It's like the place to eat. Food was wonderful. So we had a great meal there. And then we left yesterday and came here. So we're sort of halfway through our track. And you told me that you sort of ended up in the church. Oh, right. Tell that church story. So this is cool. So I realized, you know, as I said, I think this trip really could not have happened but for the circumstances. And I call these moments God winks. When things happen and you go, wow, that happened that way. We were going to, we landed in, we were going to land in Vicksburg for East, for, excuse me, Palm Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I called the church because I thought, I think I was baptized on Palm Sunday that many years ago so we called i talked to the rector of the church he looked the records up and it turns out that 60 years ago (laughs) seven or something years ago yesterday on it was easter i was baptized as as a little as a three-year-old so to be there in that church on that day was remarkable wow that's a great story is that great or what that's the good stuff right there Mm. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to go into the Easter traditions and talk about what everyone is prepared to cook and eat on Easter, coming right up. We'll talk about the Armenian Easter traditions, the Lebanese Easter traditions, the maybe Florida, Miami Easter traditions, the Maine uh, traditions. I don't know. We'll see. But when we come back, we'll do that. We'd love to hear from you if you have Easter plans and you have traditions um, at your home, your family home. We'd love to hear about those, and uh, we will take your calls. All you got to do is pick up the phone and dial toll-free 1-877-672-7464, or we would gladly see an email addressed to food at mpbonline.org. The whole gang will be right back with Deep South Dining. Just don't work out that way In the course of a lifetime runs Over and over again No, I would not give you false hope now On this strange and mournful day But the mother and child reunion Is only emotional Welcome back. You are tuned to Deep South Dining right here on your favorite network, MPB Think Radio. We are glad you're here. We're talking about all sorts of fun stuff this morning, including Easter and Easter traditions. In the studio with me today, of course, is Joe Sherman. Welcome back, Joe Sherman. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Subbing for Carol, who's away, boating somewhere. (laughs) That's right. Having a glorious time. Congratulations (laughs) to Carol and John, who were wedded last Friday, and we're very excited about that. Very much so. Very much so. So, Joe, tell us a little bit about your uh, Easter traditions and what goes on in the Sherman family. Okay. So, 
Uh, at our home, we mix uh, Lebanese with uh, just regular old food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we will have uh, Mary Pryor used to cook a leg of lamb, and she's had a hard time finding a leg of lamb with the bone in it, and she won't cook it unless it's got the bone in it. Cause Good her mother, for her. Because her mother taught her that you baste it, you put it in a cold oven. She said, well, how long do you cook it? She said, I don't know. I just go sit in the chair and take a nap. When I wake up, it's ready. So <laughs> that's kind of what we so – go. so we're going to do French lamb chops. We will do have a ham for those that don't like uh, lamb. We will have uh, raw kibbe, traditional uh, Lebanese dish. Uh, we will uh, also made with your made grinder. with my meat grinder. It was my dad's meat grinder. So we'll grind our own eye around. We'll uh, trim all the fat off of it, grind it twice, and we make the uh, kibbe with that. Uh, we will just do uh, probably some raw kibbe and some baked kibbe. But traditionally, there's Raw kibbe, baked kibbe, uh, grape leaves, uh, meat pies, which are phenomenal, uh, maybe cabbage rolls and tabbouleh. And as a, as our dessert, it would probably be uh, well. The Lebanese call it bitlewi. Uh, the it's called baklava, as everyone else would know. Right. And for uh, our dessert, uh, uh, Debbie Skelton, uh, Allie's mom, Anthony's mother-in-law, will be furnishing desserts, and it will probably be all things chocolate because the grandkids love chocolate. Right. We were down in Foley, as I said earlier. And, one of them went to go get a dessert. I said, what'd you get? He said, chocolate-covered Oreos. I said, oh, chocolate-covered chocolate. Sounds great. Yeah, well, why not? Why not? What the heck? Okay. So that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Tell me about this Ponchatoula, Louisiana uh, chocolate that you were raving about no, it's, earlier. No, Ponchatoula. And growing up in Greenville, we always had a gold brick egg or a gold brick bar. It's a creamy chocolate with pecans in it. It's in a gold wrapper. Ha, 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 ha. Anyway, they're made in Ponchatoula, Louisiana. And the company's called Elmer's, and it dates back to 1855. Oh. And they sell more. They're the second largest heart box manufacturer for uh, Valentine's Day cookies of anybody in the world. But the chocolate is phenomenal. I know Walgreens has it. I know Kroger doesn't have it. <laughs> and it's really good. It's very creamy. And it's. I know there's Cadbury fans out there, and there's Reese's peanut butter right. egg, but... This will become your favorite. If not, call me. <laughs> trust Joe trust Sherman. Me, trust me. Trust on me. this chocolate. That's right. I know about raw kibbe and gold brick eggs. <laughs> Two. Well, Charlotte, what about you and Easter? Now, uh, are you going to be back in Florida for Easter, or will you still be on the road? We'll be back. We get back late uh, Good Friday, and uh, so we are we are invited to some good friends from my church are having a brunch before the Easter vigil. We are not doing the Easter vigil. I like to be there on Sunday morning at Mm -hmm. 10 at my church because it's amazing. Um, And then that Sunday night, we will be at my dear neighbors, Penny and Matthews. They're my foodie. They were my uh, bubble people during COVID. Uh, They (laughs) import French wine. Uh, so they're good. They're good folks, and he will be cooking lamb on the grill. They have room for, for sure. one more. <laughs> sure, yeah. they love entertaining. They love entertaining. So we will be eating lamb at their house, um, all, you know, charcoal off the grill that night. So lamb chops. They will do rack of lamb. That's he'll rack. do, he'll oh, do okay. several racks. Um, he cooks them hot on the fire and then puts them off to the side. To, but they're beautifully rare inside when they're done. Mm. And eat them as soon as they're cut. Eat them as soon as they're cut. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and probably wait. some sort of scalloped potatoes and, you know. Now, Java, I'm over here envisioning the lamb. <laughs> oh, wow. It's good. I know it. <laughs> What's happening at the Chapman House on Easter? 
Um, honestly, I'm, well, I know we're going to check with uh, the lady of the house. We do have to do that. But I know for sure we're going to have some um, some things for the kids, you know, when it comes to the uh, the sweet treats and the Easter baskets. So that's I don't even have to think about that. But uh, I'm not sure what's what's on the menu what yet. Do you, what do you I know I know ham is going to be there. That's not even yeah. a discussion, you know. But other than that, mac and cheese, because I'm me. And, right. uh, <laughs> you know. Something I, I'm not sure what else. <laughs> well, you know, growing up in, in Mississippi, we had ham that you know, we had a turkey for Christmas and a turkey for Thanksgiving, and most Sundays we had a roast beef, but on Easter we had ham. Um, I never knew anything about lamb until much later yeah. in life. It there was no lamb eating going on uh, in, in our house, but but the, the ham seemed to be the main thing, and and then I remember deviled eggs and i think it's because we used to boil all those eggs that we would hide and then we would have them Mm -hmm. that sounds gross that you would you know dye eggs hide them in the yard and then later make a deviled egg out of it but seems like that's my recollection mary Pryor's going to do deviled eggs and then Allie, the daughter-in-law is going to do i forgot uh, brussels sprouts with bacon roasted which is shaved or not not shaved just quartered or half half cooked that side down according to tim pierce okay (laughs) amanda what uh what is the easter table well i guess you'll be with your mom so what she described is what you'll be having that is exactly right we'll be having good wine and delicious lamb man (laughs) now how long have you lived in maine since 2008, so I guess that's going on 13, 14 years. Have you uh, detected a, an Easter culinary tradition up there? Do they have lobster that, that time of year? <laughs> There's lobster pretty much all year yeah. in Maine, I sure. would think so, yeah. I would guess, you know, I'm not actually connected with that, but I would guess it's a very European, you know, Scottish and Irish traditional foods, but I'm going to guess ham, but I'll have mm-hmm. to look that up. I'm not yeah. sure. Ask Good. around, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I ask... I asked my wife, Kara, uh, who, like you, Amanda, is 50% Armenian. Is that right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Y'all have that in common. I asked her about Armenian traditions. I thought that might be an interesting thing, and Carol suggested that I, that I do a little research. So Kara said that growing up, they mostly had lamb, leg of lamb. They had chert egg, which is the sort of braided butter bread loaf, chert egg. Hmm. Uh, very traditional pilaf uh, is very traditional with with the lamb and that's cooked you know pilaf is sort of rice and pasta but it's cooked in uh, butter chicken broth and and not water she said she, she said she had never seen boiled white rice in her life until she came to mississippi really she had well, always had pilaf well my mother always uh sauteed it in butter she she get the butter she put th- break off vermicelli and put it in there. When yes. the vermicelli turned uh, brown, it was time to put the rice in. She poured some water in it and then put a top on it and cook it for 22 minutes. And that's how we cook it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm with Kara. My Armenian mother-in-law taught me, you brown the vermicelli, you put in right. the rice that's brown right. a little bit. Sometimes you'd put in some shallot or whatever, but chicken stock for okay. sure. We use water. Chicken stock. Mm-hmm. Okay. And don't forget that Passover starts on Friday. That's right. Very good. Now, also, another side dish that that Kara uh, loved with the Armenian tradition was the Armenian green beans. And those green beans are cooked with caramelized onions and tomatoes and olive oil, as opposed to sort of the traditional fat-back Mississippi 
you know, green beans cooked down till you can't tell if it's a green bean or a lima bean. <laughs> My right? mother made made them just like that. Oh, okay. She, she well, made she, them, so there's Lebanese, a lot of, a, I mean, there's a lot of crossover. Yeah. A lot of crossover. She said they often had chickpea salads made with fresh chopped parsley and lemon juice. Hmm. Does that sound familiar? Joe? No, but it sounds wonderful. I love chickpeas. <laughs> yeah, and and of course they had baklava that, mm-hmm. w- that you talked about earlier. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a labor of love. So she was explaining to me that because the, the Armenian church is the center of the community, that every Friday during Lent, of course, they had a vegan meal because they were replicating Jesus' 40 days in the desert of an all-vegetarian, vegan diet. Uh-huh. And so they would not eat meat until, uh, until the Easter meal. And then they would begin to eat the lamb and the ham and the the eggs and the other proteins. So I thought that was interesting. She said the favorite part of Easter for her growing up was that church services in the Armenian church lasted an average of two hours per service. But during the Lenten uh, season, they reduced those ceremonies to, I mean, those services to 30 minutes each uh, to sort of sacrifice their time spent uh, serving the Lord, and she said it made her year that she only had to sit through a 30 minute <laughs> church Look, service instead of a two hour. <laughs> growing up in Greenville in the Catholic school, we went to Holy Thursday service, Good Friday service, Holy Saturday service. By the time Easter got there, we were serviced out. But we went anyway. Well, we went. served out. Uh, well, Charlotte, did you, um, how much Armenian influence in your life with your mother-in-law, and how much did you pick up on? And did you do the church services? No, and the we meals? didn't do that. But they I, they lived in Winter Park, Florida, and um, she took me under wing when she realized that I loved to cook. Uh-huh. I mean, I started cooking. My dad died when I was eight, and my mother went to work. Mm-hmm. which is unusual at that time uh-huh. for women. But so I, of course, used to eating well. You know, I said, well, let me learn how to cook. So I took to it. So when she met me, I was the one that said, show me, show me. So she showed me everything. So really took me under wing. Was she retired in Florida and from somewhere else? Or she, did they yeah, she come husband, to this country she, to Florida? They came, they literally came through Ellis Island. Uh, she grew up in New York. <laughs> and then her uh, her husband, my father-in-law, was had worked for GE for years, and they, he retired. He really did well. He retired in his, you know, early, uh-huh. and they ended up in Central Florida, which is where my husband grew up. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, they were there, and she sold real estate for a while. But basically, she cooked there again. You know, it kind of like uh, Janet. You could go in her in her freezer and cook anything. So she caught, taught me everything from baklavada. We made. Uh-huh. Dolmas, we we did all of that, uh, and so I got all of that tradition, uh, which also made me realize that I took that and really gave that to my daughter and realized, wait a minute, what about my son? <laughs> which is why we're here. Right. She needed to understand yeah. more of you know the southern tradition. Mm-hmm. And Amanda, how much of the Armenian that was passed over has has stuck that you're. <laughs> You said you told me earlier that you're taking online Armenian language classes. I am taking some classes with some friends through a church, an Armenian church in upstate New York uh, where my friend works. And so that's been really fun because I didn't grow up speaking the language. Neither did my dad, you know. Um, I have gone to those very long church services, by the way, and they're all in Armenian, and you don't really know what's going on. And Just now. Stand up, <laughs> so I can down. appreciate, you know, what Kara said about that. Um, but I love the food. Um, my husband and I got married 
made what five years ago now and we did a full spread we had a little of everything we definitely did the kebabs we made baklava um and dolmas had a big line of dolma making and all of that and so i really wanted to bring that in because i do love that on dolmas do you use jarred grape leaves or off the vine well, I have preserved my own grape leaves oh, that go in Maine before, but we do, usually we buy the jar. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. Mary Pryor makes great domas, and we used to mm-hmm. get them off the vine over there by Span School. They have the largest grape vine in the world really? on that fence. Oh, wow. But then we decided, you know, let's just get it out of the jar. It's a lot easier. You know, you've you, got to you, remember, you got to go in there nice and tender and right. young in the spring. and then. But it's pretty easy to preserve because all you need is some salty water. That's exactly. And you put them in the the jar. It's, it's, it's easy. Them. That's but, right. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Well, Amanda, what has been your favorite dish in this Deep South dive that you're taking with your mom? Well, hands down, Mr. G's fried chicken. That was <laughs> eyes rolling back in your head good. It was just juicy and crispy, and I love fried chicken. So that was a highlight. And, of course, the experience of meeting Mr. D, and he did sing at our, you know. He How many plates did you have to eat? <laughs> get another plate, right. get another plate. Yeah, we did eat a few plates, but we showed some restraint. And the okra, we had some delicious sides of okra and uh-huh. the greens that he made and uh, had a bite of that cornbread. Wow, it was, mm. it was great. But it's been so fun because, you know, this, this show, the episodes, past episodes of Deep South Dining have been kind of a through line through our trip so my mom will pull up oh we're heading to new orleans she'll pull up an episode on you know new orleans eateries and of course we listened to um the show with mr d before we went to lorman so it's just been so fun to have that as a as a theme and kind of before we go to each stop we get a little of the background perfect uh were you reluctant uh, at this suggestion early on with the mother daughter go to the south and eat and or or, or did it always sound exciting or did you just sort of buy into it as it begin to unfold no i was so excited when she suggested it from the beginning and i had never been to new orleans so i knew i needed to have that experience which was very wild. been there done that don't need to do it again (laughs) check that off the bucket list but i had actually been reading my favorite book called oklahanali which is amazing written by um an irish guy in oklahoma and it's all about actually the native south so the choctaw people i'm very interested in native history and i had been reading that and all about the mississippi river onto oklahoma and when my mom suggested that we go and travel like up the mississippi river and kind of go to these areas i've been reading about i was it was a really interesting synchronicity i thought wow that is kind of meant to be and, and really neat so it kind of all came together in a cool way do you feel more strongly connected now to your southern roots or, or just enjoying the ride? That. I do. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's been so fun. Cause, I mean, I remember coming to Mississippi every summer growing up. But, I, you know, as a child, you don't connect as deeply. And now coming back as an adult, I can really appreciate, appreciate and notice and observe more and just getting to know the people and just how friendly everybody is. It's just I love I love right. coming here, so it's, it's been special. Yeah, the hospitality. I mean, <laughs> everywhere along the way, people have been amazing. And I have to, again, shout out to Carol and, you know, best wishes, Carol. I'm so happy for you. But if what were not for her, I don't think this would have come together. It wouldn't have come together like this, for sure. And yeah. she made this happen. And when she called me and said... They want you to come on the show. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> this is like the treat of a lifetime. So here we are. <laughs> well, glad to have you. Enjoyed, you know, enjoyed having you. Enjoyed watching your post and uh, 
it's great having you contribute to the show. I know that uh, the listeners are really enjoying it, especially those that, that, that are on Cooking and Coping and sure. they listen to this on a regular basis. They'll say, oh, well, I know who that is. Yeah, and it's it's a remarkable uh, tribute to, you know, Cooking and Coping and, and the virtual uh, community that we were able to form or that formed itself during COVID. I mean, amazing COVID. from the start to... I don't even know, four plus thousand people. It is a community. I mean, from all over the world. And while I know most of them are probably Mississippi people, and we know the regulars right. that call in, right? I know those those regulars, but just the idea that it is that I have now have friends and people that I would have never otherwise met is just remarkable. Well, due to that site, it's just, you got to realize, so a pandemic that was so devastating to us all where we were homebound, uh, have created a multitude of friends that we could sit across the table with and break bread with today, yeah. which I think is a is phenomenal. Uh, shout out to Malcolm, Carol, and, and Leanne. And Java. And Java. And Java. You know. The man. No, he is. The man, the myth, the legend. So you got to meet Leanne Galt yesterday. I know I that did. y'all were sort of kindred spirits and the meeting was special. It really was. You know, I just instantly, we walked in and everybody started hugging, you know. I'm like, this is this is so Southern, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just to see people in person and now to know, uh, as I said, we're, we're going to do a return trip. I want Amanda and Johnny to do their own trip. But at some point, I think I'm going to have to go up to Viking and take a class or so. But it's yeah. booked out several years in advance. It's amazing. So huh. we'll be there today. We won't see her. She won't be there, but uh, we'll at least be able to see it and and make an, an, another trip in the future. Yeah, Joe. There was a time when Joe could get you on the I list. I could get you. We, I, you know, we that was my deal at Viking. I was the president of the culinary group, and we opened up all those cooking schools and cooking stores, and uh, they were phenomenal. Well, where they, was the one, Amanda? We saw one somewhere. Oh, in New Orleans, down in the French Quarter. There was there's a, a Viking cooking school really? down there. We were huh. sort of surprised. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so we it, we had them in a lot of places, so you know, from uh, New York to St. Louis. So, but <laughs> just to you know, the things that we learn on the Facebook page, and people are generous in posting their recipes. They take pictures. As I said, I've got you know, I think of Rusty Burwell, who I went to high school with. I mean, some people that I've reconnected with uh, through that. Um, and seeing their food and realizing who the real foodies are <laughs> is so fun. Right. So, uh, and people will share the recipes. Here's how I did it, you know. And, you know. and some people, without even looking at their name, you can look at the photo and tell who did it. Barb Yarbrough. Pretty much. Tim Pierce. Right. Uh, Leanne. You know, yep. Or Leanne, Bob Yarbrough, <laughs> Tim Pierce. It just depends on how you look at it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, again, as, as you've all said, you know, we, all of this goes back to Carol, and we appreciate her so much. I mean, she's the dot connector. Uh, she's the mother hen. She's the one that uh, comes up with, with all these notions and puts all of <laughs> us together in places far and wide, and particularly here in this studio. And we are so grateful for her. And I hope she's having a fabulous honeymoon out there, wherever you are. I hope it's not raining. No, I hope <laughs> it's not raining, particularly if you're on a boat fishing, which I heard <laughs> right. possibly was what was going on. Charlotte Duck Pelton uh, on a mother-daughter trip uh, down to the south uh, to reintroduce her daughter to that part of her family. Thanks so much for joining us today, and we we really wish you well throughout the rest of your journey. Thank you. We are so appreciative. We really do. This has been a blast. That's all (laughs) I can say. Amanda, what was your favorite New Orleans uh, treat or, or thing that you encountered, whether it's food or music or otherwise? 
You said you'd always wanted to go to New Orleans. I did. Well, the crepe Suzette that we had was pretty fantastic. (laughs) So I'll say I'm going to go with that. You're going to go with the the Crips. The Crips. Joe, happy Easter, buddy. Happy Easter to you. and Happy Easter to all our listeners out there. Absolutely. We look forward to uh, Carol's return uh, next week. And Java, good good Friday and happy Easter to you, my man. Same to you, man. You going to do some Easter egg hunting with the 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 grandkids? You know it, buddy. We're going to have several Easter egg hunts. Kara's birthday is the 17th, so I want to wish my wife, Kara, a happy birthday. And um, and we will celebrate that, and then immediately thereafter, it, it's on Easter Sunday. Well, what go. an interesting oh, yeah, time no, for that's, a birthday. Right? Yeah, that's going to be okay. So, so we'll have a theme. We don't have to come up with a theme. There you go. So it's it's easy, on, easy on you. <laughs> well, it's easy on everybody. Uh, but we'll, we're going to have a feast. We're going to start coming up with some some notions for what to cook i doubt it'll be a traditional easter meal because it's a birthday so we want it to be more about the birthday probably than easter yeah but anyway we've had a blast thanks to everyone thanks charlotte amanda joe thank you so much for continuing to be our our permanent sub there you go means a lot to us joe sherman thanks so much thank you Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from the good folks just like yourself, and we thank you. Our show was produced by Java Chapman. For our special guest co-host, Joe Sherman, I'm Malcolm White. I'm asking you now to stay tuned for Marshall Ramsey's show, Now You're Talking, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. And we would also ask you to join us next Monday right here for more Deep South Dining, heard exclusively on MPB Think Radio. Happy Easter. Monday is another chance to listen to MPB's local shows. Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey speaks with folks in the spotlight at 10 a.m. At 11 a.m., you can ask Southern Remedy how to be more healthy and fit. Our Monday local shows can be found on each show's podcast. You can also find them on the website, mpbonline.org slash radio. Local shows with local experts for you on MPB Think Radio. I'll listen to anything on MPB Think Radio because there are no commercials. Sometimes I'll wind up listening to stories I wouldn't have chosen, but they're interesting. The reason MPB has no commercials? We receive financial support from business underwriters and you. You know the content we broadcast isn't free. All over the state, 24 hours a day, MPB Think Radio.